Yes, Tim called me, oh, I don't know, a few days ago. I'm not quite sure when. We've had kind of a blur with lots of house guests and family here and so on. But one day in the recent past, and asked if I could speak uh, this morning. And uh, he knew that I'm speaking next Sunday at the Grace Church, so his idea was that uh, I could just do the same message. Um, turns out that for me that didn't seem to work out in my mind. Uh, but one thing we've all been reading since months have passed is a little benediction on the top of our bulletin that Tim has brought out to us with the idea when he talked about the overflow uh, to the people around us of God's grace working within us. And so I thought that uh, we should take a look at that text today uh, from Romans 15. Uh, so I'm going to do that and share that with you uh, this morning. So let me read uh, Romans 15. Is there a lot of feedback? Are you hearing a lot or is it just me? Is phone okay? Okay. I'm getting a lot of my voice. Scary. Romans 15, verses 1 through 13. We who are strong ought to bear with the feelings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart, in mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, I will sing hymns to your name. Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's bow before the Lord. Our gracious Father, we read your words from Holy Scripture, and we realize unless your Spirit quickens our hearts, we still don't really comprehend what you say. But you have sent your Spirit to nurture us, to open us to your truth. And we pray this morning that our hearts may indeed be open to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we might well start out by asking a question. Who is Paul talking to? Well, in specific, he's talking to the Romans, 
and he's talking about the uh, message of God going not just to the Jewish community, but extending to the Gentiles. But specifically, according to verse 1, he's talking to those who are strong and who are able in the faith. And I think for our purposes here this morning, we can assume that Paul is speaking to the members and friends of Foothill Covenant Church, July 31, 2011. We are all here because God has called us here. We are all open to hearing what God has to say to us. And we come this morning with expectancy. What does he say? We are admonished to lend a helping hand to those who falter. And not just do what is most convenient for each of us. The message says strength is for service, not status. And so we seek to serve God in our strength as he gives us strength. Then he says each of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Think what they'll mean to a new pastor coming into our midst if we have an attitude of saying, how can I help? Wouldn't that be something great to give our new pastor an attitude of helpfulness? Jesus is our example. He did not make it easy for himself. Verse 3, according to the message, says, He took on the troubles of the troubled. In the scripture from long ago, much is written about the message that God had for his people, the nation of Israel, was to extend into all nations. It wasn't just to be their closed little secret, their special relationship with God. It was to be spread abroad to all nations. God wants his steady, constant calling and the warm personal relationship and counsel that we see in Scripture to characterize us, each one of us, and to keep us alert for whatever he's planning to do next. That's a word for us right now. We want to be alert. We want to be ready to move with a new pastor. It means that God is calling us to be ready and to be eager to come alongside our new pastor when he arrives, and to work together with him as eager helpers. God wants to develop maturity in us so that we will get along with others. And the scripture says in the message, get along as well with each other as Jesus gets along with us all. That's a very high standard. It's the gold standard. It's the standard which none of us can aspire to unless we are filled with God's Spirit. But the result of that, and again I'm quoting from the message, is that there will be a grand choir, not just our voices, but all our actions in a harmonious, exultant praise to God. What a blessing that will be. So what are we to do? 
Well, verse 7 says we're to reach out and we're to welcome one another to God's glory. We are to welcome one another to God's glory. Do you know what that might mean? I think one of the things, at least, that it means is that we are open in our sharing with each other so we learn how God's working in your life, which is his glory, and how he's working in my life and in the lives of others. It's a wonderful thing to hear people share how God um, has been speaking to you and what he's been saying to you and what he's brought into your life. Because that brings encouragement and it brings challenge and it brings uh, all sorts of uh, thoughts to other people. Again, Jesus is our example. And uh, he stayed true to God's purposes. He reached out in a special way to all the Jewish insiders so that old ancestral promises would come true. And as a result, the non-Jewish outsiders have been able to experience mercy and show appreciation to God. And so we are to reach out to others, to those inside of the confines of this church and to those outside. And we are to share with them the radiance of what God has done for us. We don't need to hit anyone over in a hammer and tell them what to do. We just need to share the radiance of God's blessing in our hearts and lives. Paul wanted them to experience the extraordinary blessing of seeing scripture come true in their midst. So based on what we do, just think of all the scriptures that will come true by what we do. That's from verse 9. I think that's kind of a magnificent thought, to think of scripture coming alive, coming true, coming to reality, coming to fruition because of the way that we share with one another. And then Paul, in his writing to the Romans, goes on and gives some examples of this. And again, I'm quoting from the, uh, from the message because it, it brings a, a different flavor of life to, to this message. He says, for an example, I'll join outsiders in a hymn sing. I'll sing to your name. Now, I don't know about you, but hymn sings are inspiring to me. I'm going back for one in two weeks from today in Minnesota. About uh, Someone told me the church holds 450. Someone else said 600. But there is not a space to stand, let alone sit, by the time all the people gather in that church. And, of course, I know about everybody, so that makes it a special fun time. But we pull out all the old hymns from our childhood years, the old Brown Covenant hymnal that was published in the 30s. Most of us even know what page number it is in the old hymnal. And we raise our voices in song. My cousin Chuck is the uh, director, and uh, periodically he'll stop us and say, oh, no, you're lacking the real enthusiasm. You know, I've got, when we sing, uh, in my heart there rings a melody, he always stops us, and we have to give it a lot more gusto. In my heart there rings a melody. You know, sing it like it really is ringing in your heart. Don't just mutter the words. So him sings. Outsiders and insiders rejoice together. We all have something to praise God about. 
people of all nations, celebrate God. All colors and races give hearty praise. Our gospel, the one given to us by Jesus Christ himself, is for all people. We know that from Jesus' words himself. Go ye into all nations and spread the gospel. And then there is Isaiah's prophecy that will be fulfilled. The root of our ancestor Jesse, breaking through the earth and growing tree tall. Tall enough for everyone, everywhere, to see and to take hope. Can you imagine how wonderful it would be to see that scripture fulfilled in a grander way right here in our midst? Then so typical of Paul, as in his writings, he gets to this point where uh, he stops. He stops the flow of his writing because apparently, I believe, he was so filled with wonder of what he was saying that he just breaks out in prayer to God. Sometimes a doxology, sometimes a benediction, sometimes uh, other kinds of prayers, but in this particular instant, When he gets to that word hope, tall enough for everyone everywhere to see and take hope, he stops and starts praying. I quote from Romans 15, verse 13. It's at the top of your bulletin, but this is the uh, rendering in the message. Oh, may the God of green hope fill you with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. Let me read that again. Oh, may the God of green hope fill you up with joy, fill you up with peace, so that your believing lives, filled with the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit, will brim over with hope. Now there is a recipe here, or a formula if that works better for you in your thinking of how life can be here at Foothill as we prepare for the next season with the new pastor in our midst. Let's look back at the particulars that are given in this text, the ingredients in the recipe or the terms and the formula, so to speak. How can I help? Take an active role in some way. And for sure, I'm calling on you all to pray faithfully, fervently, and intentionally for our church, for our new pastor, as we contemplate what's going on here next. Arthur Pink, in his book called Gleanings from Paul, The Prayers of the Apostle, says that we should use the scriptural titles of God that focus on what we want for others and ourselves as we pray. And uh, when I'm up against a particular difficult moment, that I can't imagine how it's ever all going to turn out, I hear myself often saying, Almighty God. Because I'm calling on someone who's almighty to enter into this scenario that I'm perplexed over. Pink tells us that God's blessings can be attained as we seek them specifically in prayer. And as we allow God to fully occupy our hearts. And as we, by faith, lay hold of the things God has promised in his word. 
So it's taking from the scripture and turning those divine promises uh, into believing prayer so that uh, we need to read and to meditate and to study the word of God so that we know what his promises are and so that we become in, in a communing relationship with God. This combination of God's calling in our lives and his word in our hearts will keep us alert to be on board for whatever God is going to be doing among us in these next years and to allow us all to join with that magnificent choir, not just with our voices, but with our very lives' activities, to blend it with others as a part of that wonderful anthem of praise to God. We should be reaching out and welcoming one another to God's glory, to share with others what God's doing in our life. It will allow both insiders and outsiders to experience mercy, to show appreciation to God, and fulfill scriptures that tell of God's work among us. And it will allow that tree, Jesus Christ himself from the root of Jesse, to break through that hard soil of our hearts and to grow tall, tall enough for everyone to see and take hope. Now, hope is a blessed word among Christians. Pink says it is one of the most powerful motives or springs of action. And he quotes from Hebrews uh, 6, verse 11 and 12. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what God has promised. Indeed, that is motivation. Motivation for living a life worthy of the Lord. To be sure, hope has a different meaning in the scripture than it does in colloquial English. We hear people say that they hope for something. And what we know it means is that uh, it's a bare wish. You know, I hope the weather's nice so it doesn't rain for our picnic. It's a bare wish. And it's often said with some trepidation that it really isn't going to turn out that way. So it stands as a timid and a hesitant desire that something will happen. But in Scripture, Pink points out that hope signifies a firm expectation and a confident anticipation of the blessings and the things that God has promised. It becomes a noun with an eternal blessing. The hope, which is a part of Christian experience, is to one day be in the presence of the Lord. And it's not Oh, timid, wishy-washy thing. It's a strong, strong word because it depends on God. So we join with Paul in a prayer of benediction. It's been in our bulletin, as I mentioned, for many weeks. Pastor Tim has put it before us. On behalf of our corporate church life as well as our own personal lives, I like the fact that in the message, 
the uh, rendering is that Paul is addressing God as the God of green hope. Not something old, not something stale, not something that's been with us for decades or millennia, uh, not even something that goes back to the moment that we took the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. But it's a fresh, vibrant, growing hope that is as new as this current minute. And it's full of vitality. And in using the title, The God of Hope, he's using a name that is a divine promise. He also promises a generous feeling of peace. And the message declares full of the life-giving energy of the Holy Spirit. So complete and so great and so dynamic that it rises to the very top of the clay pot that each of us are in God's eyes. And what's interesting is that clay pot container has finally been filled until it is overflowing. And it runs over and touches all those who are nearby. I think we should bask in the redundancy of that word, filled and fills, and depending on what scripture pass, uh, translation you're reading. But that word occurs several times. And I think it's kind of wonderful. You know, when I was a little kid, there weren't too many things called object lessons or uh, creative things done. But I do remember an object lesson that had to do with filling, God's filling through his spirit in our lives. And um, I don't recall the specific items used, but I believe there were things like rocks, things like stones, things like pebbles, and finally sand. And they put the rocks in a container, but then you still, you know, it was full. But you could still get smaller stones in and pebbles, and finally sand. And when they were all through with that, we all declared absolutely, positively, that container was full. And then they poured in water. That's what this picture is of, the filling. We all, no matter how full we are, we all have room for more. When God fills the vessel, the top is not the measure for ending the filling, as he has a bigger purpose and his dimensions are far grander. What a promise of significance and great blessing. Great hope, real hope, fresh green hope, filling us up by God's measure to overflowing and spreading out to all around us. There's a sick, there's a hungry, there's a thirsty world, some right here in our midst, some of them next door in our neighborhoods, some of them further placed, and it extends over the entire globe. With grateful hearts and with new fervor, let's take on this assignment to put together the recipe in this text or the formula and allow God to truly fill you personally and all of us together with his great green hope.